What happens when a Catholic deacon matches wits with a Catholic radio show host? You get a marriage made in heaven. They may not always agree, but they're always faithful. It's the Akins with their view from the pew on Modern Day Radio. And welcome to this episode of View from the Pew. I am your host, Brenda Aiken, and joining me today is the man who's waited 17 years to have a car project with his son, the good deacon, Scott Aiken. Yeah, I guess I have waited 17 years for somebody to work on a car with me. My daughters love to watch me work on their cars, but my son, I'm trying to get him engaged into uh, wanting to work, but he he's certainly interested in the and how things work and why it works, but he doesn't necessarily want to do the labor that's associated with working on a car. I think that will slowly come, you know, to be his thing. Of course, he's starting in the fall, working in a mechanics program through his high school. Through the summertime, though, now the two of you are working on a a new vehicle, or I should say at least a new to him kind of vehicle. It needs a little bit of help, but we are getting tired of driving him to all of his different events. It's certainly a car that probably the girls would never have said, yeah, let's get that <laughs> because it's got, it's got mismatched fenders, a, a, a rear door. That's not the same. Um, yeah, so it has character and he loves that it has character. And so we went to replace a headlight that was all corroded out and, Oh, just replacing the headlight. No, you got to take the bumper off and the fender off. And by the time we got done, we had the whole front end off the car. It seemed like short of the engine. So lots of labor, but he learned a lot. So something you're discovering now, and it's a thing that I went through with the kids, too, when I was teaching them how to cook in the kitchen and do different things. It's important for you to show them. I mean, that's our job as parents raising them. We take them to church and we show them how to be Catholic, not just tell them how to be Catholic. And when we're teaching them these life skills, well, I would bring them into the kitchen and we'd actually work together in preparing a meal. Now, I could have done that preparation and cooking of a meal far faster than when I had the so-called help because you're trying to show them how to do this. That's the same thing with this vehicle is that you're showing him you're trying to show him how to spend a whole lot of time working on something where you could have probably spent half the time if you'd have just done it yourself and not had to talk to anybody but as parents that's what we're called to do and in fact even in the show previously we've talked about how saint joseph was required as a jewish father to teach a trade to his son jesus and in their case it was carpenter i'm sure that when uh, joseph did his carpentry it it took him as you said you know three times as long yes jesus is god but jesus was also fully human and so i can imagine the little the young man that he was he just like my son was like ah if jesus had an iphone how would he operate with joseph joseph (laughs) probably have to tell him you know what you need to put that down and pay attention (laughs) (laughs) No doubt. No doubt. Well, after a long day of working, it's also a time of year, especially now that the sun has finally come out in the Pacific Northwest. It's time to have a little bit of fun, too. God showed us in the creation of the world in that story in Genesis. He worked for six days and on the seventh day he rested. Well, it wasn't because God was tired, but it was the example that he was showing us that there is a time for work in our lives. And then there is a time when we should offer it up to God and relax and, and have those days of rest. 
On today's show, we've got a lot of fun coming up. Our good friend, Patricia Mackey, she is going to be with us because she's going to be talking about the importance of play and not playing with your kids, but playing within your marriage, finding those things that you really enjoy. Scott, we had a lot of years before we had kids, you know, enjoying our life. And now, well, as the kids are starting to move out, we're looking forward to that time of playing. We've had uh, the blessing of some opportunities to be just the two of us. And we recall that. I mean, I think I look at our lives and if you reflect back on your life and see what you valued and you think, gosh, could that happen again? Well, as we are living our lives, we can say absolutely that that joy that we had when we were together dating, that joy that we had prior to the kids, what is joy that we can remember? It comes back and we go, gosh, this was really good to be with you. And just you in this precious moment we have together as a married couple, it, it reinvigor- reinvigorates our, our remembrance of marriage. Um, and I think that's the beauty of, of going through parenthood, because when you're in, a, in the parent mindset, it, it's maybe all consuming in many ways. But we have to find places to remember, why do we have a family in the first place? It should be because I loved you tremendously and I still love you tremendously. Not that we've got kids. That's why I love you. No, the kids should be the outgrowth of that. So maybe we're feeling that, that joy of, yeah, we really dated well. Thanks be to God. And we will be able to date well by virtue of this, the little blips of dating we've had since the kids have been old enough to date again. And we'll share more with you about kind of the things that Scott and I like to do when we have that opportunity to just rest and be with each other. Stay with us. we got a great show ahead for you on this week's View from the Pew. Here's my challenge for you today. Make the people around you know you're grateful for them. Make them feel loved, valued, appreciated. And the power to be a blessing like that, it starts with prayer. The other day I woke up stressed, tired, distracted by work. I wasn't queued up to be a blessing, but a drain on the people around me. So I stopped and I spent a few minutes in prayer just thanking God for each member of my family by name. And it instantly reoriented me. It's just so easy to go through the day treating people like you're taking them for granted when you are. Get intentional about treating your greatest gifts from God, those people around you, every day like they're gifts. When we're intentional about that, it creates an atmosphere where people feel safe and loved and where the family starts to feel a little like heaven on earth. As the ancient chant says, Ubi caritas et amor Deus ibi est. Where charity and love are, God is there. For more from my book, I Am, visit rewriteyourname.com. I'm Chris Stefanik from Real Life Catholic. What do the famous Batmobile, Love Bug, and Mystery Machine have in common? They were all given to Mater Dei Radio's vehicle donation program. Well, not really, but they could have been, and you could do the same. If you have a car, truck, van, RV, or boat that you no longer need, consider donating it to Mater Dei Radio. It's quick and easy and a likely tax deduction for you. And you'll be supporting uplifting Catholic radio programs. Information on our website at materdayradio.com.
It's Deacon Scott and Brenda Aiken with their View from the Pew on Mater Day Radio. Well, summer is here and maybe, well, you're making some big plans for a summer vacation. And while you look forward to these events and have some playtime with the family, can sometimes be stressful on a marriage just to get a family out the door and into your destination. Well, this summer, make sure to feed your marriage. Have a little fun yourselves. Joining me today to talk about the importance of playing in your marriage is Patricia Mackey from Everyday Counseling. Hello, Patricia. Thanks so much for joining us today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Brenda. Well, the biggest part we always say when we'd go on these family vacations is getting to the destination because, boy, the lead up to all of that, a lot of work getting out of the house. So we're ready, well, to really enjoy and reduce some stress. So explain first to our listeners, I mean, we understand what playing is when it comes to our kids, but how do adults play? Exactly. I think this is something that we misuse the word play so much anymore uh, and just really trying to help people understand what is play. So play has some, um, from a scientific perspective, we look at play as having a couple of components. And the first is we don't want it to stop. That once we've started, it's something that we want to keep going and going and going. And so part of that is if we know that are the person that we're playing with maybe is a little weaker in something that we're doing that will handicap ourselves naturally to keep the play going. So there's no competition. There's no, I want to win. There's how do I make this go on forever? And so that's one of the most critical things that makes play play. So play can look like lots of things, right? It could look like a board game. It could look like sports. It could look like a game of golf, but if it's not, something that we want to keep going. If we've inserted competition into it, it's no longer play. Um, So what does play look like for adults? It can look like so many things, right? So one of the ways that my husband and I love to play, and and as you know, we've got, we've got a good, good amount of little ones around us at all times. (laughs) And so uh, for Christmas, I got him some escape rooms in a box and they come once a month and they're just puzzles. And so I know that I'm really good at logic puzzles and he's really not. So if I solve that puzzle in like 30 seconds, he's not going to want to play with me anymore. Right. Because it's now competition. I've now made him feel bad. Whereas if I take some time and I ask him questions, whether or not I need those answers, he's now playing with me. And similarly, when we go on hikes, he's much more physically adept than I am. And so he'll go and he'll try some crazy thing. Like let's log walk on this, you know, crazy log in this river. And yet he'll make the challenge just enough that he knows that I'll still be able to participate, but I won't just go, no, I can't do that. I'm just going to sit here on the edge and watch you. And so play is really about inviting the other person into something that makes us laugh, that makes us have fun. That's very relaxing and that we will do whatever it takes to make it keep going. Um, when the campaign ads were going around, our kids had decided to cut out one of the politicians' faces and they just started hiding it everywhere. So you'd pour out your cereal and this politician would plop into your (laughs) cereal bowl or you'd roll over at night and there's this, you know, this face staring at you on the pillow or, um, you know, stuck on on the steering wheel. And it became this huge game that the whole family was playing. And it's just that idea of it's just something that makes me smile 
It's a way for me to say I'm thinking about you. And it's really about play. It's about, I want to have fun with you. I want to be relaxed with you. Oh, I love that a lot. Understanding what that means. I want to keep this going. Boy, that's really easy to understand and define. If you're joining or going into something, playing, and you go, I can't wait for this to be over. Yeah, definitely not going to have the same effect. Patricia Mackey joining us today. Patricia's a counselor with her business, Everyday Counseling, and she's talking to us today about how to have a fun summer and play well, throughout with your partner. Now, when we play with our kids, and I remember getting a lot of these toys and they were brightly colored, but I knew that there were parts of this toy that worked on fine motor skills, or there were parts of the game that helped develop their memory skills and and things like that. Are there cognitive benefits to playing, you know, for adults? Absolutely. So play is kind of this hidden gem in the world. And the researchers, I've, I've been really obsessed with play now for a handful of years. And this year, I kind of feel like is the year of play in the research. And so we're really, uh, from a mental health perspective, putting a lot of emphasis on play and on the benefits of play. And our brains don't work very well when they are flooded with cortisol. And after these past two years, we all have tons and tons of stress in our lives. And that just really reduces our brain's ability to think creatively, to think outside of the box, and to really function well. And play is so powerful in shutting that down. Play kind of comes through and it cleanses the system and it just allows us to to relax, to really come into a relaxed body, to come into a relaxed state of being, to connect with other people. And so it really allows the brain to increase memory capacity, to function better at work, to be able to do tasks in a more efficient way. So the cognitive benefits are so important. But the the trick with play is, is we can't go in looking for them because as soon as we go in looking for them, we're just doing a task and we've stopped playing. Oh, Patricia Mackey joining us today, reminding all of us, this needs to be a summer of play. That includes all of us adults for sure. Well, Patricia, you know, you say God wants us to be fruitful. His highest commandment, love one another, right? How do we express love and playing? And this is one that I feel like this is you know, when we think about God's grace commandment, he gives this commandment when he knows he's about to be led to the cross, right? He knows what his journey is going to be. And Judas has just left and he says, Here's, here is the big commandment. Love one another. And then you think about what play is. Play is, I want to be in this moment with you. I see you. I understand your strengths. I understand your weaknesses. And I'm willing to adapt myself in order to do that. And I love the definition of love as willing the good of the other, that in order to love my really father, Mike Schmitz gave a talk recently about how love is a one-way street. Relationships are two-way streets, but love is a one-way street. And I really loved that definition of it because that's our responsibility. That's all I can do is my part. And so if I'm loving you, if I'm willing, you're good. What better way to do that than in play? 
if I see that you're a little weak here. And so therefore I backtrack and I go, well, I'm not going to show you, I'm not going to overpower you. I'm not going to show you how much stronger I am or how much more capable in this I am, but I'm just going to take a step back and I'm just going to stay right here with you and do this with you, whether it's splashing through puddles or, you know, any of the numerous, or, you know, we, we got a book once full of games to play with your kids. And one of them is everybody tries to get the socks off of everybody else. <laughs> and so that can be come quite rambunctious and fun. And it's, I'm not going to go as hard after the two-year-old as I will after the 14-year-old. Okay. <laughs> oh, I love it. And you're right. It's about love being that one-way street. I always think about it going back and forth, but well, mm-hmm. if you are loving with an expectation to get something back, well, now there's strings attached to that. That's not the way God loves any of us. So it is a wonderful, wonderful way to think about, well, being mm-hmm. with your spouse. Well, Patricia, I think you have set all of us up to really look at our summer months and look at it with eyes of play and really look forward to the enjoyment that God gives us with these warmer months to be able to be with our family and the ones that we love. Patricia, you also have a great website. There's lots of resources there for married couples, for the family. Tell our listeners a little bit about everyday counseling and some of the things they're going to find on your webpage. Yes. So as, as many people probably know, I'm, I'm getting ready to go on, well, I am officially on maternity leave. So I'm not offering um, clinical counseling at the moment, but my webpage is full of a lot of resources and that'll continue to, to fill up. So there's saints that you might really connect with for different issues that you might be going through, different stages of life. Um, blessed Pierre Giorgio Frassati, I'm going to have a little something about him because I really think he, he understood the power of play. Um, so there's different saints that might help you in different stages of your life. There's books, podcasts. So the self-help section of my website is filled with many, many resources to help you explore these things further and say, these are things that we're going to have going on in our life. Here are some resources to help you to take that to the next step on your own. Oh, well, it is a great website. I encourage all of our listeners to definitely check it out. Patricia Mackey from Everyday Counseling. Patricia, thank you so much for your time today. We wish you all of the best with the upcoming Mackie, the addition to your family. We just want to thank you for your time today teaching us how to play. Thank you. And I hope everybody enjoys lots and lots and lots of play this summer. (laughs) Again, that is Patricia Mackie and her website is through Everyday Counseling. I will be sure to add a link to where you can find more information uh, about Patricia and also links to where you can get right to her webpage. You're going to find that information on the podcast of this interview on the Hail Mary media app or on our webpage, matradayradio.com. I think that you and I could have a good time doing just about anything. There are times where just going to the grocery store sometimes by ourselves turns out to be hilarious just because, you know, everybody needs that letdown, that strain from from work and family life and all of the things that fill up our schedules that boy, just to have a few minutes alone sometimes 
going back and just seeing, you know, your spouse smile back at you. Those are the kinds of things that lift us up. Walking through the produce section, I'm cracking <laughs> jokes. Nobody knows how funny I try to be around you, but that's, I love to hear you laugh. And so it makes me feel joy filled when I hear you laugh. So I'm always trying to crack a joke to get you to, to laugh, especially going by the broccoli or something. <laughs> I'm going to throw a joke out. That's but, funny. Uh, and, no. and I've I've told more people that about, you know, what's it like living with a deacon? And I said, well, I believe that what you see is what you get. That's you are who you are. I said, but I don't think people even can come close to realizing how funny you are. And I think that's wonderful that that is kind of that thing between you and I that we just enjoy laughing. But there's lots of time for us to recreate too. We are fortunate in a time of our lives now too, that if we want to do something together, you know, we don't have to go through what it used to be like in, in planning something out and finding a sitter to come and take care of the kids. We are definitely becoming coming to a part in our lives where we are freer to take on things that interest us, take on new things that interest us, like golfing. It's doing it together, though, that makes it all the more better. Right. And, I, you know, certainly as, as parents, you are given a responsibility by God to raise this child. You're not given the book, as we, as we oftentimes found, and you're not given any instructions, but you're given a responsibility. And so you take that and you prioritize your responsibilities, and it's easy to prioritize the kids higher than even our relationship at times. And yet we always have to keep in that tension of our mind that, Hey, no, it's our relationship that brought forth these kids. It's our relationship that needs that nurturing and reminder of, Oh, I, I enjoy being around you and spending time with you and laughing with you. Um, so I think a lot of marriages by, by society standards gets wrapped up in raising the kids and then they forget Oh, yeah, I, I should be focused on my relationship. I think the blessing for our relationship in our 33 years is we've never lost that sense. Like you said, even going to the store, we can make that a reminder of it's about us. It's about you and me. That's what the sacrament's about. It's not about the children. The children are the fruit of the sacrament. It's the marriage that is the sacrament. And uh, trying to hold that in constant reminder is uh, is good. So, Using your example of seven days and the resting on the seventh day, on Sundays, I think we've been pretty good on Sundays to focus that to one another, being aware, looking at one another, looking at what have we been able to accomplish and what have we been able to do and rest in that. And there is joy to seeing with eyes that can see it. When you go to Mass on Sunday, you should be able to come home and look at your family and go, this is joy-filled to me. But you can't do that unless you stop. And I think when Christ talks about people having eyes to see, part of that is resting and reflecting and giving thanks, not as part of a list of things I've got to do today, but part of today is dedicated to me giving thanks and finding joy in what God has given me. That's where joy comes from, true joy. Scott, throughout our lives, you know, many people are planning vacations right now. And throughout our lives, we've gone on some great vacations, times where we've played and taken the kids on with us. And then times where, well, it's just been the two of us. And boy, we can definitely know that, you know, we think about our great vacations and we've been to Catalina Island. We took all of the kids in the van and we drove them down there and we literally played along the coastline. We stopped wherever we wanted to. We took time and tried different foods whenever we wanted to. The kids loved it. 
And then there were the times where we said, you know what, kids, this is a day that dad and I are going to take. And we've enjoyed that. It's a great example, I think, for kids, too. As we said in the first half, we take them to church. We show them about being Catholic, not just telling them. We show them how to work on a vehicle. We show them how to cook. I think for our marriage, too, it's our responsibility to show them what it means to be married, to enjoy each other's time and company and want to be together. And I think I think one of the things that the kids are really picking up on is our love of golf. We've really enjoyed learning something together and then taking that enjoyment and, and spending a day together away from the phones, away from the kids. Yeah, and, and certainly learning is the key to that. You know, just as parenting, we were learning, but but we found joy in, in the little things, being with the kids. But like you're right, it's reflecting what's what's our priority. Our priority should be reflected to our children that it is you and I. We are each other's priority. And again, as an outgrowth of that priority of my loving you and you loving me, we care for our kids better than we would if we just made the kids the priority. And that's such a subtle shift in society really almost put, shames you into if you aren't making the kids the priority, you're doing something wrong. And that's clearly from a Catholic perspective, that's not the case. Our kids benefit from us making one another priority because we will, the love will overflow and pour out upon our children, just like it pours out upon the community who, who we're a part of. So I'm struck by the topic of joy. And I, I, I bring up uh, in John chapter 15, it speaks about keeping my father's commandments. Christ says, keep those commandments. And he said, I told you this so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. And I think the human heart seeks most clearly joy. And from that joy, that, that's the, the vibrancy of the Holy Spirit, to be joy-filled. And we don't talk about it enough, I think. We, we're consumed by things that draw our attention away from joy, not just feeling good, not just happiness, but something that goes beyond that, that transcends it. And, and that's what joy uh, truly is. And yet it's, it's rooting ourselves in the commandments as Christ uh, directs us. But you gotta, you got to follow a path and follow me and your joy can be complete. And I think as parents, we, we can certainly reflect that joy that we have in the moments of the, that clarity to our children who gain that benefit and themselves find joy in their family life. Scott, before we go, will you end us in prayer? Lord, we thank you for the many graces you pour out into our lives that we sometimes miss the joys that you give us. Help us to be ever mindful and wide-eyed about the joys that you give us, both in our families and our relationships. We ask you for a blessing of joy this week as we continue to be faithful on this path you've called us on in a world that needs joy-filled people to give hope in times of need. We ask all this in your name, Jesus Christ. Amen. And that is going to wrap it up for us this week. Please tune in next week as we share with you more stories about our faith, our family, and our view from the pew. God bless. Have a joy-filled week. You've been listening to View from the Pew, a weekly look at faith and family life from a Catholic perspective with Deacon Scott and Brenda Aiken. 
For more information on the Aikens and to listen to an archive of their previous shows, visit them online at moderndayradio.com slash pew. View from the Pew is produced at the studios of Monterey Radio in Portland, Oregon.